Hello and welcome to the Majors Mess Hall podcast. This is episode 186 and I am your host Gavin. And you might be able to notice there's a slight little bit of a difference in the quality of the recording. That's because I'm recording on my phone at the moment, believe it or not. Um, it's a long story, but my computer essentially blew up a few weeks ago. And um, it's the computer I record the podcast on, I record all my music on. It's been an absolute nightmare. I sent it to a computer shop to have a look for them to have a look at it. I felt like they were going to rip me off. So a friend of mine is taking it and he's getting the parts for me to fix it. So as of right now, I don't have a computer. <clears throat> but we did have an interview scheduled right before the computer blew up. And that was with the amazing singer-songwriter Chesney Hawks, who's probably most known for, most best known for his uh, 1991 hit, The One and Only. Um we Kelly and I both sat down and spoke to Chesney, and uh, what an amazing guy he is! Like he's he's written for some huge music acts himself. Um, over the years, he's done so many songs of his own, so many albums of his own. Like he's been in movies, TV shows. Like he's done so much, um, a bunch of reality TV. Um, but to actually sit down with him and discuss, especially for me, to discuss songwriting and how he goes about writing songs. Um, was was really, really incredible, to be honest. And I feel like I've actually learned a little bit from some of the things that he said, some of the little tips that he gave me, which, uh, you know, I'm going to be using in some of my songwriting in the future, I think. But, um, yeah, without further ado, we are going to go through to our interview with Chesney. But I just want to remind everyone that you can find everything to do with our podcast by going to linktree.com forward slash majors mess hall. And that is going to give you links to everything that we do. It's going to give you links to our YouTube page, our links to, to uh, our podcast that's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. It, it's everywhere. Um, it'll also give you links to, if you want to buy some merch, we have some t-shirts available available via teespring.com. So there's links all there as well. And it even gives you a link to our Patreon page. If you want to become a patron of our podcast and help, help support us, um, you can find links to that as well. And all the money goes back into the podcast. You know, it's all spent on the podcast. For example... The computer that's fried, um, you know, there'll be a little bit of, I'll use for, uh, from the Patreon page, I'll use towards the computer because it's all for the podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go through to our interview now with Chesney and we're also going to end the interview. As soon as the, the interview finishes, we normally do a bit of an outro but because of the mess with the whole computer blowing up thing. We're not going to do an outro, hence why I've just given all the details now because I normally save that for the end. Um, so you are actually going to hear a song um one of Chesney's songs, actually, that he wrote with Nick Kershaw that's on his um, his latest EP, Sunset Sessions. So check it out. And the song is called Lost In You. And it is my, it's, it's definitely my favourite Chesney Hawk song by far. Um, so I asked him if we could play it. He said we could. So that is what we're going to play the episode out with. So I just want to say thank you very much to Chesney for this amazing interview. And to our listeners, here it is. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I must I must say, Chesney, you're extremely punctual, which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm a little early, aren't I? Yeah, like, like one minute early. I thought I could, I came in because I thought I needed to make sure my uh, my setup was uh, was sorted for you guys. And uh, sounds I think I think we're all good. 
Yeah, excellent. I mean, it's been a nightmare because um, my computer actually blew up two days ago because of a power surge, and it's currently in the shop being repaired. And I was like, I really don't want to have to do this on my phone because it looks so unprofessional. And we try to be professional, although we know we're not. We're not. We just try to be. <laughs> um, I ended up borrowing my sister-in-law's um, laptop, and that's what I'm using right now. So okay, well, thank God for sister-in-laws. Well, it was funny because <laughs> my my wife, um, she's a twin, so. Um, my sister-in-law had got home before I did and plugged the laptop in and like put the password in and everything. It was all set up ready. And um, I went downstairs and I got changed. And when I came back to get the laptop, it, it, it like the screen had gone blank. She, she'd already left. The screen had gone blank and it wanted a password. And I'm like, oh no, oh, like, I don't know the password. And I couldn't get hold of my sister-in-law. Right. So then I messaged my wife and I was like, listen, like Dawn's give me a laptop. I don't know the password. I'm going to have to use <laughs> it. I'm stressing out. Like Chesney's going to be on soon. And she's like, try this. And she told me the pa- she guessed the password. And I was like, that's twin, that's twin tuition for you. Unbelievable. Twin tuition. I don't know how she did it. it. She just It was like four <laughs> numbers and she guessed it. So anyway. Oh, that's amazing. But, well, fun enough, I think, and I'm not a, a twin at all, but I think I could probably guess my brother and sister's at least pin. <laughs> I definitely guess their pins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. so i got to say as well, um, I'm sure you remember, but I... And the reason kind of what made me ask you to come on the podcast was you made me laugh with the um, I put a tweet out on on Twitter, obviously, that was uh, one of those silly questions. It was like, say something nice about yourself. And it gives you the first two uh, two words. And it was I am. And then you answered it. The one and only which was just like, genius. I was telling everyone I was messaging my mom and my dad. I was like, look, look at this. I screenshot it. And I just, I, it just yeah, I just because I did, you know, I periodically would te- check Twitter and I saw that one. I was like, I just can't not do it. You know, I was like, yeah, I can't so, not yeah. do it. I, I did try, but I just couldn't stop my fingers from. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's what you said. I broke the internet, didn't you? You did. You really did. Like it really made me laugh. Like it was just genius. It was, and it was just, yeah. Excellent. Um, so, so like, obviously, um, you know, you, 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 you came into fame in the early nineties. Like how does it compare now to how it was back then for you? For me? Um, yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's a very, very different world. I mean, obviously back then I, I didn't really, uh, it, my life wasn't really my own, if you know what I mean? I was part of the machine. So I would wake up uh, in Sweden or, Norway or whatever and then uh, not know where I am or where I'm going that day and uh, I say wake up but somebody would wake me up and say right yes we're <laughs> off and I'm like where are we off to well you're going to uh, you're going to Belgium to start with and then we're off to um, Hamburg and then to do some TV and then I think we're I think we're heading to Manchester to do a gig <laughs> you know that's kind of like what wow. my life yeah. was like back then yeah it's it's funny and, uh... it's that, like we've we've spoke to like a lot of um like pop stars from back then and they all say the same that it was just a blur. Like they they, yeah. they enjoy it so much more now than they did back then. Well, it's on my own terms now, you know. Uh, yes. And there's so many different um, reasons that it's better for me. You know, I, I have control over what I record. It's not like I didn't have control over what I recorded back then, but there was a definite uh, push towards certain type of music and uh you know, and and I was definitely I recorded a few songs that I probably wouldn't have done if I if I was just to you know to have my own choice. You know, which is like yeah. is obviously what I do now. So yeah, very very different world. Uh, 
you know, I don't have to worry about kind of um, being attacked in the streets by hordes of teenage <laughs> girls anymore. <laughs> Which is quite, that must have been terrible for that's you. That's different. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. <laughs> I can hear myself play at gigs, which is, you know, I, I, I used I used to just be just screams, you know, so that was different. As well. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. many things, really, you know. I mean, God, these days I'm, I'm, you know, married man with three grown up kids older than I was back then. <laughs> so that's crazy. When you when you think so, of it like that, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My oldest is 21. I was 19 when I put the one and only out. You know. My, so yeah, my youngest is seventeen, and uh, that's when I uh, first got the part buddy song. So, yeah, yes, which leads me on to my next question. Actually, you like you, you got to work with Roger Daltrey doing that. Like, what was yeah. that like? That must have been incredible for a nineteen-year-old to get to work with such an icon. Well, seventeen actually when I first met Seven, Roger. Seventeen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so your question is, what was it like to work with Roger? Yeah. It, um, well, that in particular, I mean, Roger, Roger's a very powerful kind of passionate guy. Um, you know, he he says what he means. Um, you know, there's no pussy footing around with Rog. He, <laughs> he he tells you if if he doesn't like what you're doing or whatever. Um, but he's he's great. Um, and, uh, you know, he gave me some great advice back then. Uh, you know, one of the things that stuck with me, um, which a lot of older musicians actually said to me over the years um, is this, never stop playing live. You know, so as a 17 year old, that really went in. You know, my dad's always said the same thing. Um, but then I, you know, I got to work with people like Brian Adams and Huey Lewis and uh, and they always said the same thing as well. It was like a, a kind of a mantra that kind of followed me around working with these older rockers, you know, and uh, uh, all of my dad's mates were all 60s superstars like Jerry Marsden, Jerry and the Pacemakers and all those kind of bands. And they, even they said the same thing when I was very young, you know, even as young as kind of 14. Um Mind you, those I was already playing gigs uh, at that age, so I kind of I, ha I had the bug. I was never not going to do that, but it definitely stuck in my head, you know. We That's I was awesome. doing a bit of research um, on stuff that you've done, and I went back right to the start, and it said that you used to play in local pubs, like piano. So how long did you have to do that for before you kind of? Well, I didn't have to do it at all. Well, do that have to do it that you wanted to do it? Should I say? No, I I started that. A piano was my first instrument, my first love, um, and I was doing that as I said just now for, from the age of like fourteen, um, and I literally was playing in pubs. <laughs> I was probably yeah. I don't know if you get away with that these days. You know, you're yeah. not allowed in the pub at that age. <laughs> but I used to no, I used to turn up with my dog Dizzy, and uh, you know, there was wherever there was a piano, I, I would sit there and in the corner and play, uh, you know, Elton John songs or, you know, Billy Joel or John Lennon or whatever, um, Stevie Wonder. And I have to say that that is where I learned my craft, really, um, because every gig is different. Um, you know, I, one day would I'd just be sitting in the corner being pretty much ignored while everyone's drinking and talking and <laughs> stuff, and you just sit there and play whatever comes into your head. And a lot of the times I would just play chords and I almost like writing songs in the corner there you know just just going just as long as there was music playing they didn't care and just uh, enjoying yourself yeah just do my <laughs> own thing and like working out what how to go from one key to the other or from one song and like you know just kind of playing around and and a lot of the time I would come away from those sessions with uh, song ideas and I'd be like oh yeah I remember I was playing 
I was playing Rocket Man, and then I came I came up with that other idea, and maybe I could write a song like that. But then, so you know, you'd have those those nights, and then other nights would be, you know, the whole pub around the piano asking for requests, oh, and, you know, calling yeah. out things, and so you'd have to you have to really kind of think on your feet, and uh, and uh, those were great fun too. But uh, yeah, amazing amazing times, and uh, great learning pad for me uh, as an early as a young young man for sure, young musician. You also play guitar as well. Is there any other instruments that we don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> Did you redo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've actually got one here. Got one there. <laughs> but yeah, I can't no, play it. Like... But I can't play it. No, I, I don't really play didgeridoo. <laughs> no. no, I stuck to the guitar and the piano. My son, my seventeen-year-old, is an amazing guitar player. Um, I mean, like a really amazing guitar player. He's a proper lead player. Uh, he's better, way better than me. And he he now plays bass, drums, keys, wow. you know, piano, everything. Uh, wow. He's, he's like a modern-day prince. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's his idol, and that's what he wants. That's oh, He wow. always said that, even from the age of kind of, you know, 14. He was like, I'm going to be like prince. I'm going to play everything. So, so yeah, good luck to him. <laughs> I've seen, seen that video of you and the kids, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, you were doing the one and only. And oh, on it, the couch? Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. good. And, and, I mean, you're right, like, he was just, like shredding the guitar man it was yeah awesome. and, then, and he was really like good. 14 then you know well can you imagine how good he was back then how what he would be like now he's, he's yeah. phenomenal he comes on he comes on the road with me sometimes if if he deems me worthy <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of age how did you manage to cope with fame at such a young age how do you cope with all those ladies chasing you down the street yeah. <laughs> um well it it was it was a very fast very uh all-consuming time um as i said before i kind of grew up with famous people around me so like my dad had fame my mum was kind of famous in her own right she was on a you know she was an actress and she also was in kind of game shows and things like that the hostess you know so i grew up with people that had been through it so when when it came to my turn to to release a record and to 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 get onto that platform yeah. it didn't feel weird i know that sounds right. odd but like i'm sure that yeah. um i i had because i had that background because i grew up in that household um it wasn't such a you know a crazy kind of like you know game changer everything just felt different you know i mean um i i kind of expected certain things if you know what i mean I mean, it did change my life completely, obviously. You know, I mean, it, I went from, yeah. you know, playing little piano in little pubs and stuff to selling out arenas like that, you know, and um, that was pretty crazy. Um, but I had good family around me, you know. They kept my feet on the ground and, you know, my brother is my drummer and always has been. Um, so, you know, if I was uh, being an idiot, he would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't get any more honest than family members. No, no, exactly. Yeah, stop being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> You're just my bruv. Yeah, exactly. So obviously it was like at a young age, like that's all you, you've ever known is like the entertainment industry because you say yeah. your dad were obviously um, within the entertainment industry, which, which is funny because when I mentioned to my mum that was talking to you, um, she instantly started talking about your dad and the tremolos. <laughs> And yeah, Sam I get that. Golden and like that, that she was just talking about that, and I'm like, no, it's Chesney we're talking to, not his dad. I don't know, but that's that's part, that's the thing. It's a, you know, it's a rich, almost a dynasty. You know, for me, I I, I love I love that uh, the tremolo songs and the 
and I grew up with them. Um, and in fact, my dad hasn't been well recently, so I kind of have been taking over the reins uh, of the tremolos. Uh, and so you're looking at the least thing of the tremolos right here. Tell your mom. Tell your mum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, kind of bittersweet because dad hasn't been well. You know, obviously it's uh, uh, big shoes to to fill as well, you know. Of course, yeah, definitely. Proper rock, proper rock star. <laughs> So you, you mentioned before, and I've heard in quite a few interviews, you mentioned that like Jerry Marsden was, uh, you know, you remember him being around because he was really good friends with your dad. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because I used to be in a boy band back in like, like 20 years ago. And um, Jerry actually called on, on my band a few times. We were never signed, but we were on the local circuit. Yeah. And he he was on this girls' school tour. I've no idea why anybody thought Jerry would be great on a, a girls' school tour, but he was on this tour. <laughs> I, I don't think it was going too well. So the, he got us to kind of like bail him out. And right. uh, just going back to like the screaming girls thing, I just I remember that in particular. We did this one girls' school, and um, our manager had printed off this big stack of posters. And uh, we had to give them out to. She was giving them out to all the all the females that were coming over. It was crazy. <laughs> but I just yeah. remember that about Jerry, and he was he was such a nice guy as well. Um, we we did another show with him in Liverpool. For, it was a charity event for hands called called Hands Across the Ocean, and it was for the September the eleventh tragedy. And uh, yeah. he was one of the acts on there, and we were on there as well. And um, yeah, he was a really nice guy, Jerry. Yeah, he was a good he was a good boy, Jerry. He really was. Um, you know, he was. Always had a glass of red wine in his hand. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, God, I, I have you know <laughs> memories of Jerry for for decades. You know, because because I knew him when I was a kid, and then uh, you know, obviously, I would see him when Dad would be playing because Dad often did um, you know package tours with Herman's Hermits, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Marmalade Searchers, all those kind of guys. You know, and uh, so I used to see Jerry then as well, and. Uh, and nowadays it's weird. I did a package tour as the Tremolos, uh, but of course Jerry's no longer with us. So um, it, it it's called uh, Jerry's Pacemakers, and they oh, have different nice. people, different people front it. And we did a, a show. It was actually just not long after he died. We did a tour, and um, we were at the Liverpool Empire. Oh yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And it was well, Kelly all works great... there. Kelly actually uh, works there yeah, on the side. <laughs> oh, you do right. Well, yeah. so yeah, this was an amazing night because Jerry's uh, widow Pauline um, and her and their daughter as well uh, were in the audience, and we did a big tribute to him and all of no. the people in the ba in the bands, all of the the band members that had played that night. Um, came on stage at the end and we all did you'll never walk alone with, with oh, big posters nice. of, oh, wow. posters of jerry behind us and it was oh God, you know pauline was in tears and she we gave her some flowers and and it was it was really quite a, an emotional evening that's amazing oh, and he was so amazing. he was so down to earth as well and like he, he loved to have a joke i remember we were backstage oh, yeah. doing this hands across the ocean show and the nolans were performing as well and they they were like praising us and saying how great we were and then they said what do you think of the boys, Jerry? Like me and the bar band. And he, he just looks at us and he goes, fucking shite. And then he goes, ah, I'm only fucking <laughs> lads. I'm only kidding with you. That's a classic Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a proper scouser, wasn't he? You know, only, yeah, he you was. Know, yeah, cheeky, chappy type of thing. But he could have been, he could have been a, com a comedian, to be honest. I mean, oh, yeah, easy. Seen him live. He was different every night and he just told jokes. And a lot of the time it was like he, he talked more than he sang, you know. <laughs> yeah. And a great guitar player as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was an awesome, awesome dude. Um, and talking of legends as well, like being a nineteen-year-old. I, I mean, you may have even been younger, but when you got to, when you recorded um, the one and only, 
Like, yeah. what was that like getting to record one of Nick Kershaw songs? Because I I can only imagine that that was because you obviously you must have been a Nick Kershaw fan when you were when you first got that song. I mean, oh, I, Nick was one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, Human Racing is still in my top top five albums. Um, so when I was a uh, you know fourteen fifteen. Um, Nick Kershaw was very high on my, you know, inspirations. Wow. And so, so, you know, to, to, to be working with him, you know, four short years after that was kind of, you know, a pinch yourself moment. Um, and it was one of the, the main kind of driving forces for me to want to record that song. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, I could get to meet Nick Kershaw, uh, <laughs> and uh, and of course that's exactly what happened. And we we were recording at Abbey Road, and um, and Nick walked in, and I mean, you know, he, he's he's an amazing, uh, amazing. Sorry, I turned off my microphone accidentally. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's one of those uh, you know jewels in the crown, as far as I'm concerned. He's an incredible songwriter one of the greatest guitar players that uh, England has ever produced for sure. People don't know that about him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we met, we, we, we really hit it off. I mean, I was young, you know, quite a bit younger than him and he took me under his wing and, you know, since then uh, over the 30, probably three years that I've known him, you know, we've written hundreds of songs together. I've had songs on his albums. He's had songs on my albums. We've written songs for other projects and everything. Um, and and now I you know I, I class him as one of my bezies you know our wives are good mates and uh, and you know I just I love him to death yeah that's awesome yeah like I I love his songwriting I love that you get a real treat when you're listening to his music because it's it's not samey at all like you know the verse can sound completely different to the chorus almost like it's a different song so you yeah. really do get like a real treat when you listen to his songs completely uh, i completely agree he's very unique he writes in very interesting ways you know and i i obviously have had first hand um kind of experience of of writing with nick many 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 times um and it's never the same twice you know it's uh, some of the some of the uh, experiences writing with him and the kind of experiments that we've done whilst writing i've never done with any other writer like there was one time when uh, we decided to write a song backwards so we you know we had a chorus and we're like okay so let's figure out the best way to get from a pre-chorus into the chorus so we worked out, oh, so if we did this, that'd be interesting. And then you end up in a different key. <laughs> so then yeah, I think, yeah. okay, let's figure out how the best way to get from a versy thing. We haven't written the verse yet into the pre-chorus. <laughs> and then we kind of wrote backwards, you know, in that yeah. in that way. And, uh, you know, just weird experiments like, you know, you'd be doing a, you've written a song and then you're like, okay, what if we, what if we change this, the key of the solo? What if we put, pull the solo key down a, a um, you know a tone, and then see what happens and see how it kind of flows? Sometimes it didn't work. Yeah. Sometimes it did. Try, yeah. You got to try. Amazing, you know. And yeah. and that, those are the things that I. That, that's where he kind of um, excels, and and you know you can always kind of tell his songwriting because of that. I think. Yeah, he's incredible. So did you realize how much of a hit that the one and only was going to be when you first heard it? Because it just like blew up. No idea. No idea. Uh, it was the first single, uh, uh, you know, ever released. Um, as I said, I was 19 when that came out. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm so young that uh, you just kind of go with the flow, you know, and uh, 
uh, obviously it it was uh, a huge hit and went was was you know, number one in many many countries and and you know even now 32 years later it still has some kind of relevance it's weird i don't know how that happened but <laughs> but you know i can look at it now i've been had my ups and downs with it as you can imagine i didn't play it for many years after that kind of time uh, but these days we're like friends with benefits you know and, and I, <laughs> yeah. I can i can see this i can see the record for what it is you know uh, i i i can look at it as a as a whole thing step back and you know and and actually it is a great record, you know, and uh, uh, and I'm still very, very proud of it. Well, it definitely gets everybody on the dance floor at a party, that's for sure. Oh, it's a floor filler. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you, went, you mentioned that you didn't perform it for a while, so you went through a phase where you weren't quite wanting to yeah. play it, shall we say? Are you, is that done full circle now? Are you back to... Oh, I'm happy with it now, yeah. There, there, were, there were years where I, I didn't play it um, after that. I, I just wanted to be in Radiohead to be quite honest with you. So <laughs> yeah. I formed a band and we all turned up to 11 with our guitars and shoegazed and, uh, you know, just tried to try to recreate Radiohead. And, uh, <laughs> you know, after after a while, I realised that I needed to kind of go back to my pop roots and, uh, and dusted off the one and only. And uh, in fact, I didn't even go out under my name. I, I, we had, I had different band names, you know, and I just, <laughs> I played in, you know, shitty little clubs in London like the Cat... Uh, Camden Underworld and uh, not not that it's shitty it's, it's it's great I love those <laughs> venues I really do I'm not, I'm not yeah. uh, saying anything against those venues but they are crappy little venues <laughs> you know in a, in yeah, a brilliant like, well, way <laughs> yeah so um you know I kind of like almost paid my dues the wrong way around if you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so like obviously you know the the one and only is, is you know it's, it's your biggest hit like but being like such the phenomenal songwriter that you are because I've listened to like so much of your stuff even just like after doing the research I've like listened to stuff I'd never heard before right um does it ever get on top of does it ever annoy you that you like you that's the song that you're going to be known for because like I say there's so much that you've done that's just like amazing stuff it can be a little frustrating um when you know people just have a preconception of me as that particular you know, it's weird. Would any, I always, when people get like that with me, I always kind of ask them, you know, I'm not being precious about it. I, you know, I'm, as I said before, I'm proud of the song and I'm proud of the record, but can you imagine being defined in your life by like, you know, a one year period when you were 19? I mean, you know, when you look at that, that's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But, but I understand it, you know, like just the title alone kind of gives itself, it lends itself to that kind of, uh, you know, uh, one hit wonder thing, you know, it was the one and only, I get it. I I totally get it. And people almost want that from me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Well, you've embraced it, you know, like even with the Twitter thing, like you've embraced that whole thing. Well, you know, I, I... I definitely wouldn't have responded to it that way, uh, you know, just after <laughs> those, those days. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, now, I mean, it's so water under the bridge and it's such a, you know, I, I understand how people feel about me um, if they don't know my other stuff like you you uh, know. Um, I, I, I get it. And I'm and I'm not at all bitter about it. And I'm never nasty to people. You know, I don't be like, well, I'm much more than just that one. So, you know, I don't give them any of that stuff. It's uh, you know, I I'd rather just play the one and only for them and make them happy. You know, it's uh, <laughs> that's just kind of where I'm at with that now. 
Yeah, exactly. I love the piano version you did, you, like the slowed down version. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, arrangement, that one. Um, my friend, uh, Jon Willy Rignanin, my Nordic brother, <laughs> uh, who actually produced um, that whole real life love album. Um, and uh, ah. we, we decided, because he's such an incredible musician um, and such an amazing arranger, to, to do a version of the one and only Um and uh, he came up with that that part, and I just fell in love with it. It's it's just incredible. So yeah, I, I, I'm glad you you picked up on that one. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And I also really like as well. In 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 2001, you released the EP Sunset Sessions. Oh, that's that was that no that was Sunset Sessions were 2020. Oh, was it 2020? It's on yeah, Spotify. This... I think it's got 2021 on Spotify. Oh, it's 2021. Oh, you said 2001 just there. Why the, yeah, sorry. I was like, yeah, you, it's you're catching not me that old. I was just testing you. <laughs> Are you sure? Been, it could have been but 21. It could have been. We were 21. both wrong then because you said 2020. I said 2000. Yeah, yeah. We're both wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I, I love that. I mean, my, my I've got to say, my favorite song of yours has got to be uh, Lost in You. I absolutely love oh, that. Song. You and Nick. Well, Great. Yeah, well, that was yeah, that was one that uh, you know Nick and I uh, were so used to writing together uh, and getting together and uh, you know doing some kind of musical exploits um, that during um, the, the the pandemic, you know, I was here in LA with my family, which was amazing, uh, and he was obviously in his, with his family in Sussex, and um, we were like we were zooming. I think at one point we should kind of do something, mate. You know, so. We that song is actually about the fact that that um, you know we're both musicians, uh, and it's about kind of being out on the road and the fact that you're always away from your family, you know. And sometimes you can't even call your loved ones because you're on different time zones and stuff. And, and uh, you know, because we were together so with our family so much at that point, it felt like a relevant thing to talk about, you know, what it's like in normal life, you know. So we recorded that song locally you know i did my part I, play, I think i played the piano part and yeah i played the piano and sent him sent him uh the my vocal and piano and uh and then he just put the guitar to it and we just it was great i mean we'd never thought about doing anything like that before uh and then uh it came out so great we were like wow we've got to put it out haven't we so uh so i stuck it on the sunset sessions <laughs> it's great and I, it's actually the perfect song to harmonize with so i, I don't know if it's yeah. you doing the lower harmony or nick like, um, I, yeah, I can't, I can't really tell if it's you I on the lead Nick's, or the... No, I'm I'm singing the lead and Nick's doing the lower harmony. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so when I listen to it, I sing the higher harmony and it sounds so good in the three part. I'll say there's a nice three part there. That's yes, good. it's really good. <laughs> well, you know, that may have been something that we could have done, but um, but because Sunset Sessions had a real eth like proper ethos to it, like it had to be simple guitar and vocal. Or as you know, when when it's a duet, then it's literally if there's only two people, then there's two instruments. You know, that's that's kind of what I did with with that uh, little EP. Yeah, the beautiful songs. Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of disappointed that it was only four songs. Well, um, I'm thinking of doing a, a volume two, so we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love the weekend cover that you did as well. The that like the um, blinding lights, awesome, so good. <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. That's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, it'd actually be nice to hear you do like an album of like reworked, like popular hits by other artists. That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that's something funny enough because I, I have my own podcast um, that I've been doing for, uh, well, since um, since COVID, actually. And one of the things that, that, that we do on there is we have guests on and uh, I 
I recreate um, their favorite songs acoustically, you know, or oh, a song wow. that means something to them. So I have actually been doing that quite a lot. Um, it's funny. Some people choose the maddest songs like Toya Wilcox <laughs> came on and she, she chose um, uh, Bjork's Human Behavior. And you, try, you try and do that acoustically. <laughs> so, so that's been quite a, a quite a journey that uh but yeah so that's the challenge got, now to pick the most probably, obscure song <laughs> yeah well there, there were some there were some obscure ones i tell you the other one was uh chas and dave's ain't no pleasing you <laughs> <laughs> try and get the emotion in that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i bet you could do it though that, yeah, oh, that, I know, it was great yeah. it worked really well it's actually yeah, i'll have to check song. that one out yeah i've been listening to the podcast i just i haven't got through all the episodes yet so i'm only i'm only about three or four episodes in Right, yeah, well, then you've got a long way to go then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's the, what's the songwriting process for you? I know we just kind of briefly talked about it before, but like when I write a song, I typically start with the uh, the melody first and then come up with the lyrics afterwards. Whereas like somebody like I think Elton John, I think he does it the other way around. Yeah, well, Elton John uh, tends to write uh, with two other people's lyrics, doesn't he? Yes, Benny um, yeah. Turpin. Uh, yeah, Benny Turpin. And I... I I've done that in the past. In fact, um, through the Buddy Song um, years, um, the lyrics were actually written by the guy that wrote the screenplay to Buddy Song because it was supposed to be written. They were supposed to be written as Buddy. You see, so yeah. so I have done that in the past, and I actually quite enjoy that. I, you know, to just get a lyric and then just put music to it. But generally, uh, I like to have um, a concept. My favorite way of writing is is to have a concept and a title um because then you kind of you, you get the emotion of it and you feel it and and i think that kind of like um gives you uh somewhere to go musically you know and it doesn't happen every time that's that's kind of like the ideal for me but i write from in different ways I, you know most of the time i'd say i have a, a some kind of musical thing going on a chord progression or or some kind of feel or riff or something that's going on musically and then put lyrics to it but it, it, I like the fact, you know, one thing that Nick's taught me is, you know, you can you can write in so many different ways. You shouldn't really stick to the same kind of, you know, system, if you know what I mean. A yes. lot of people will do that, you know, just uh, well, I write by playing some chords and then sing some shit over it and yeah. and work it that way, you know, uh, which I do. I do do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, it's it's fun to kind of break it up. Um, yes, you yeah, know, yes. Uh, and you know maybe write some lyrics first i love to have lyrics first i love it you know so you know i write a lot in my journal and stuff so a lot of my songs like for instance uh, real life love that song i'd written those lyrics already um you know and and then brought them to to my co-writing partner that i just talked to you about yon yon willie and uh, you know he had this little um, piano part and then i kind of like sung lyrics over over that if you know what i mean got the melody together through that but it's different every time you know you can write uh, write to you know a beat you know something just get something together on the computer and just write that way you know so uh, if you do do that you're going to have a slightly more eclectic feel i think to your music yeah yeah definitely so you've written for a lot of other artists as well um is that something you're still doing so you know what I haven't been uh, much recently, but I'm starting to think about doing that again. Um, and I'm kind of putting my hat back in the ring a little bit um, and, uh, you know, starting to do that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I got so caught up with writing for myself recently that I, I just yeah. and enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy yeah, of course, that. Yeah. Uh, I do. And and when, when you're a songwriter for hire or, or a songwriter for 
for other artists that you you do end up getting a bit frustrated because a lot of songs end up on the shelf you know um, yeah. i have so many songs just gathering dust that i'd written for um, different projects and uh you know good songs that uh will probably never see the light of day you know it's, yeah uh, it can be frustrating that so I know you've written a couple of songs for A1 as well over the over the years. And we've yeah. we've actually had Paul. Paul from A1 has been on our podcast a couple of times. He's a great guy. Um yeah. would you Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um would you because I think that the songs you wrote for them are fantastic. So would you consider working with them again? Yeah, I, I fun enough, I, I write quite a lot with um well not quite a lot, but I his, uh, I'm good mates with with Mark. Mark oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I seen so, the performance you did with Mark on uh, I think it was TikTok. Yeah. Oh, take on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was fun. And we've we've done that live a few times. Um, and Paul actually, who I call Flyboy, don't tell him that. <laughs> um, uh, so me and Flyboy have written a few songs over the years, uh, and some of them ended up on A One albums back back in the day. Uh, Christian's Towns hit as well. Um, yeah, I, I I've absolutely yeah no doubt that we we may end up uh, writing some some more stuff. I, I think they're they're looking about looking at putting a new album out. So uh, we'll see. Maybe I should give give the boys a call. Definitely do it. Do it. It's a great, yeah. great combo. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're a funny guy, isn't he? <clears throat> um, is there anyone that you'd like to collaborate with that you haven't already? Anyone that's selling millions of records. Good <laughs> answer. Like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Beyonce, uh, Ed Sheeran, maybe, maybe a bit of Adele. You know, <clears throat> actually, I would love to write. That'd be, that would be a good collaboration. It would. Yeah, it would. Whether it would ever happen, I don't know. But I actually think we would get on, and I think uh, musically we would get on as well. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've never, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about you. I mean, I've, I've, all the interviews I've like watched and stuff, even just people talking about you, they've only got nice things to say. Oh. That's nice to know. <laughs> it's nice to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was it like recording in Abbey Road? I mean, I've been outside Abbey Road mm. a couple of times. Yeah. And just being outside, yeah. you can feel how amazing it is. What's yeah, actually was, being in there? I was very, very lucky. Uh, and I think, you know, I probably took it a little bit for granted back in those early days because, uh, you know, when I first um, re started to record at Abbey Road, I was literally maybe 18 when I first went went in. Um, and I spent six months in Abbey Road Studios solidly. Wow. wow. I mean, these days you just, it would just never happen. Never happen. Um, yeah. So I got to know them all down there, you know, like the, the girls, that the, the ladies that have been there since the Beatles day. There was a, there's a woman there called Doris who had all the Beatles stories. You know, she, <laughs> she ran the canteen and she used to say, oh, John was a cheeky. He was cheeky, you know? <laughs> and I used to just sit and talk to, to Doris. Um, bless her, she's not there anymore. And uh, you know, I got to know the, the the kind of head engineers that were also kind of around in those days, and and it does have an incredible um, feeling in, in there, especially Studio Two for some reason. Studio Two is the one where they did a lot of live stuff, like um, uh, I think they recorded a lot of uh, the White Album there. And there's a uh, you know. Uh, some uh, there's a rumor that there's a, a bullet a bullet in the in the walls that John yeah, Lennon fired that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> studio but I do remember when we were setting up for we did a live session um at, at Abbey Road Studio 2 and Ashley the assistant engineer at the time um he was setting up my my uh, microphone in my booth um you know down on the floor of Studio 2 and uh as he as he was sitting me down he was like this is exactly where John used to sit <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> no have pressure. Ever... No, exactly, no pressure. <laughs> have you ever been starstruck meeting anyone before? Is anyone you've just met and you're just like, you can't find the words? Yes. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm, I've met so many famous people. I met Princess Diana, you know, I've met the Beatles. I've, yeah. I met, well, I met, you know, Paul McCartney. I've met George Harrison. I mean, and, you know, Eric Clapton. I, I, I mean, I've met so many amazing, you know, people over the years. But the one person that made me go a bit giggly, and I don't know why this was, was an artist called Ben Folds. You know, Ben oh, yeah, Folds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorites. And I, I, I think maybe it was because at the time I was like really, really into one of his albums. And, uh, and we happened to be on the same plane, and my wife took the piss out of me, something rotten, because I, because <laughs> I was like, she said, "You're you like a giggly schoolgirl," you know. And I, there's a picture of me and him that I, we got a little picture, you know. And I got my arm around him, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, it's funny that the 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 things that uh, you you go through emotionally, like with with uh, meeting idols and stuff. But as I said, I've met all these amazing people, and then, and then he's the one who did it to me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> into so you also, was when we did research, come across an interview that you did with um, John Bishop, and I got to admit I was laughing about the Tony Blackburn thing with your mum. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. It could have been then... my mum, my dad even, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh, but I, could, I was thinking, God, I can imagine the banter between the two of you when you were doing the pantomime. Oh, that no, must have been a laugh for you to do. Bish and I, mates, you know, he's he's brilliant. Uh, yeah, we did have a, a really, really good time. But that was where that was before he was famous. Like he wasn't, was it? Oh yeah, he wasn't even the top comic on the bill. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his name on the poster was like right down the bottom. You know. <laughs> How does that differ being like live on Panto to what you're used to? Um, I don't quite understand the question, Kelly. Explain what you mean by that. Is it is it more nerve wracking because you've got to remember the lines rather than you can just oh, sing and right, enjoy okay. things? Is it a bit more? Oh, you mean like the, the the difference between treading the boards and and uh, <laughs> playing live with the band? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I've done quite a lot of musical theatre over the years. Um, okay, and you know, it is it is nerve wracking, but the thing I love about it is it can be different every single night. You know, um, yeah, you know, when you're recording, you get. Uh, a chance to get it right um you know if you whatever goes yeah. wrong or whatever you you can kind of get it right but like live things things are you know there's different kind of things that can happen in an auditorium or or in a theater you know that can change things like somebody can sneeze at a funny time or whatever and yeah. you just kind of make you have to kind of think on your feet about things and actually talking about actually panto is quite funny with for those kind of things because if somebody does sneeze in the front row you can go bless you and it'll yeah, make yeah, everybody yeah. laugh yeah. You know, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. fine you know so but uh, you couldn't really do that uh you know doing a fellow or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true me and gavin you said that's how we met we went to college together we used to have to do some live shows nothing big but yeah um, it was kind of nervous like if you forgot your line or you didn't come on I think there was part where we didn't come on the stage at one point we were meant to and yeah every actor's just... had those moments yeah. you know I mean god I remember walking on actually talking about Penta I remember walking on stage I was playing Jack Jack and the Beanstalk and I, I walked on with Daisy the cow onto the stage and I was supposed to meet me ma'am who was like the dame you know coming from the other side and he just didn't walk on and I've, got oh, no. this cow. I've got this cow and it's just me and the cow on stage and I'm going you're right Daisy <laughs> Daisy, <going, laughs> and I ended up I'm like did you hear the one about you know and I'm telling jokes and like, should, we do a little, should we do a little dance Daisy 
And I did a little dance and Daisy did a little dance. And it felt like I was on stage for half an hour waiting for this, for this guy. And in the end, he came tumbling onto the stage with his, with his like dame suit half on and his makeup all over the place, you know. And his, and his wig was like falling off, you know. And he's oh. like under his breath, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> no, we've all had moments like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. So celebrity TV, you've done the games, you've done Dancing on Ice, and you've done Celebrity MasterChef. Yes. Would you do the jungle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just you just want to see me eating kangaroo testicles. Don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would actually. Yeah. Do you know I what? Mean, I think I think you could you'd win it as well. You know. Well, I I'm up for a challenge, and and that certainly is a challenge. Uh, you know, and and I think it sounds like fun. Anyone that I've ever, ever met that or that I know, Jason. Um, and there's been so many people I know over the years that have done it, um, you know, uh, have said it's a it's a really it's a life changing, fun experience. And uh, so. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would be up for it. And I, I know yeah. the boys, uh, you know, and deck quite well. And, you know, I, I just think it would be it'd be a, it'd be fun. And I, I guess it depends on who you got in the in the jungle with that's you. Really, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That one person you... that doesn't clean up camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You you strike me as somebody that would go in and embrace it though, like you'd enjoy the experience through and through, even the bad stuff. I think you just have to go in both both feet, you know, yeah. and just 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 take take everything as it comes. I think I probably would be a bit grumpy. I get grumpy when I'm hungry, so <laughs> you might see another side to me. <laughs> Very hungry. <laughs> exactly. So so what's what's next for you then and i know that you've got a couple of shows pan- planned this summer i've seen that there's one there that ronan keaton is doing i'm a big ronan keaton fan so that's why yeah. that one stood out in my mind but oh the pop world in liverpool actually yeah yes that's at the yeah. uh, arena yeah. i think yeah. uh i've got loads of gigs oh my god if anyone's interested come see me uh chesneyhawks.com I, I mean i'm everywhere this year there's loads of gigs so i'm really really busy right now um i've got a new album uh, which are just uh, finished and it's going to be hopefully coming out either late this year or, um, you know, or early next year. Um, don't quite know yet, but, but I'm really, really proud of it. It was uh, uh, written and produced um, with uh, a guy called Jake Gosling, who, who is the guy that um, discovered Ed Sheeran oh, wow. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and produced his first album and still produce, still does stuff with, with, with uh, Ed. Uh, but he's like, you know, one of these kind of superstar producers now. He works with, um, you know, t- um, Harry Sh- Harry Styles, and I mean, just everyone. He's, you know, he KSI. You know, he's 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 one yeah. of those guys. So, so I'm really really proud of this record, and uh, you know, hopefully it will be out uh, later this year. So, is this the album that was you were going, you were hoping to release before lockdown? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, I've I've had been talking about this record for a while. I know, but actually lockdown kind of put it back and back and back and i think it was probably a good thing in the end because uh, i've i've had a chance to kind of relook at the songs and um kind of you know rework them a little <clears throat> bit and actually it's given me time to 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 put a little extra love on it a little bit of fairy dust over it yeah so I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah i'm really and now it's perfect i'm proud of it now awesome we look forward to hearing it <laughs> yeah well you hopefully you won't have to wait too long <laughs> <laughs> So what we normally do with our guests is before we let them go, we'd like to play a cheeky game. Cheeky, huh? <laughs> All right. So we've we've based some of these 
it's we're, we're naming it Chesney's one and only. So you've got to choose between the two options, which is your it's one ba- and only. It's basically oh. would you rather, but with a different. Yeah, name. pretty much. But we're trying to spin it. <laughs> and I see what you did there. You did well. <laughs> and um, we've done a bit of research, so we've tried to pick on those things that you might find hard to choose between. Okay. Um. Okay, so never be able to sing again, or only ever be able to perform the one and only. Oh my god! <laughs> That's a hard question. That's the only song you can ever That's sing a again. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Oh my god! So, so if I choose to be a, to like, I see, I see. So I can I either never sing anything again, anything. or I have to do the one and only for the rest of my life. That's the only it. song you're allowed to perform. Oh my god! So you can your new album can still come out, but every track is the one and only. <laughs> Kill me now! Just different versions of it. Oh god! Well, I, I, I the thing is, I I love performing so much. I would have to just go and just I'll do the. You'd embrace it. I'd embrace it. <laughs> Luckily, that's so... not going to happen. I'll make Nick happy. Never. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you're from the UK, but based in USA. So, but if you could only travel in the UK, or you could only travel in the USA. <laughs> uh, I travel in the UK. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what, yeah. uh, different to what I thought you'd say. Have a meal cooked by Gordon Ramsay or Jamie Oliver. <laughs> well, I've got to go Jamie because he's a mate of mine. Try not to be biased, though. I know we were. <laughs> yeah, I'm not being biased actually. I, I I love Jamie's food. I really do, and he's cooked for me in the past, and and it was always incredible. So yeah, I'm going Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> we were, we were playing on the fact yeah. that you knew Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> we did say cheeky round, and the last one. He it's does say bigger... fuck more than Gordon Ramsay, though. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is the big British debate. Cream or jam first on your scone? Or scone, depending on where you're from. Like, I feel like I'm learning with that. I always put the cream on first and then... And Absolutely, Chesney! That's the one! Yeah, but you put the cream on and then you struggle with the jam because it all goes... Yeah, You can't put it on properly and it's all mushy and all that kind of shit. That's so the best I've way. Tried, yeah, I think I think that's the way I'm going to go. But I have tried it the other way. It's easier to apply, but I don't think it feels right going in your mouth. It doesn't taste the same. Absolutely yeah. not. Because <laughs> when you when you've got the jam on top, when you put that in your mouth, you taste the sweetness of the jam and then the cream. Whereas if you put the jam on the bottom, you just get the cream and then you have to wait for the sweetness. So I don't I don't know. I I think the I think cream first then jam. They they Absolutely. asked they asked the queen this question and I'm pretty sure she said jam first and then the cream on top and if that's what the queen says that's the right answer. She probably be, doesn't really. want to spill, does she? But a little yeah. lump of jam is the way forward. It's we'll messy, ask yeah. Jamie. It's messy. We'll yeah. ask Jamie. I'll, ask, yeah, I'll ask him. <laughs> I will next time I see him. I'll ask him. I'll report back. Yes, please do. Please do. We'll be waiting for the answer. <laughs> okay. Oh, Thanks, Chesney. Talking to you has been absolutely amazing. Like it's been such a treat. I've been looking forward to this now for a while, and uh, you've made me day. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, thank guys. you so much. Th- yeah. Thanks for having and, me on. And, uh, and if people, you know, if people want to find out stuff, they just go to ChesneyHawks.com, correct? Yeah, ChesneyHawks.com. That's like you know, all things Chesney or Galactic Central Point for Chesney. 
<laughs> Excellent. And, uh, one more final question, and feel free to say no, but I, I always like to ask first, is it okay if I play this episode out with Lost in You because I love it so much? Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love that song to be out there more. I really do. Actually, when I do, when, uh, I do uh, an acoustic show, and uh, I have um, visual stuff behind me, and on that one, because I have Nick on his own, I I do a duet with him. So on the on the track in the background oh, is Nick's cool. guitar and and his oh, wow. uh, him playing guitar, uh, like on the video. I don't know if you've yeah, seen yeah. the video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then me doing my bit live. So we literally do a duet together on that one. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. I'll make sure I end the episode with that song then. Perfect. Thank you so much for yep. you know pushing some of my other songs. It's a it's a rarity. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks very much, and we'll keep in Aww. touch on Twitter as well. Yeah, do that, mate. Cheers. Bye, Kelly. Thank you. Bye. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. I feel like breaking this silence. It's so loud. Yeah, too loud. Just me and these four walls and my empty view. So I close my eyes and I open my heart and I find myself lost in. Had enough of this cold night It's so long, too long Only you can make it feel right Alright for me So I close my eyes And I open my heart And I find myself lost in Lost in